Good morning, M5. So good to be with you this morning uh, together as an eldership team. We are all here this morning, Steve, Candice and Chantal, as we head into our three-week sermon series. Um, some life groups are meeting together. That's quite exciting after such a long time of being apart. And uh, this morning, Steve will be preaching for us. And so we look forward to that message about rejoicing. And so let's enjoy our service together. So guys, we're in level one of our lockdown here in South Africa. And we are just reflecting lately around yeah, how strict things were under level five. So we want to encourage you, please continue keeping safe, keeping healthy. We'll be going into a sermon series called Better Together. And this is especially true at this time. So as we go into a time of worship, I really just want to encourage you to quiet your hearts as I read from Psalm 36, which speaks of the vast extent of God's love and faithfulness and the refuge that we find in Him. Your love, Lord, reaches to the heavens, your faithfulness to the skies. Your righteousness is like the highest mountains, your justice like the great deep. You, Lord, preserve both people and animals. How priceless is your unfading love, O God. People take refuge in the shadow of your wings. They feast on the abundance of your house. You give them drink from your river of delights, for with you is the fountain of life. In your light, we see the light. Let's sing together. Your name. 
unshakable hallelujah you have done great things yes you have God Lord Jesus, we thank you that we can come together this morning as your children to celebrate you as our champion, God, the unshakable one that is above it all. Psalm 126 verse 3 says that the Lord has done great things for us and we are glad. And this morning, we are glad, Lord. It's with joyful hearts that we approach you and we come to worship you this morning because you are good and there is none like you, God. We worship your holy name. I will 
we just want to thank you so much that we could come before you Lord God and just worship you this morning Lord Jesus and we just are so mindful of your your faithfulness Lord and your love Lord Jesus and so we just we thank you Lord God that we can celebrate that this morning Lord Jesus and just celebrate the fact that we have refuge um, and safety in you Lord God and so we just thank you for this time together in Jesus name amen for those of you who've joined us during worship, please feel welcome. Uh, we hope that you'd feel encouraged from being with us today. Parents, uh, for those of you who have smaller kids, please uh, take this time now to set them up so that they could enjoy their program. privilege we have to partner with God in his global mission by giving of our time, our talents, and also of our finances. And during this time, we'd like to thank everyone who has given faithfully, yet sacrificially, um, during this difficult time of lockdown. We thank God for all that you've given to partner with us. The, if, if you'd like to give, the, the link to um, that information is in the, below this video. And so we'd like to thank you so much for partnering. In this global pandemic, it has resulted in all of us experiencing uh, increased levels of uncertainty, fear, financial loss, relational strain, and also the changes to the, the normal way of life. And, uh, and, and for many people, uh, these stresses have either introduced or intensified uh, uh, the condition of anxiety and depression. Uh, added to that as we've, we've come across this new term, the new normal, and uh, 
certainly that's going to add to this uncertainty that people are experiencing. And so Common Ground would like to invite you to a course that we're going to be running online. And this journey is going to help people that are struggling with, an, with anxiety and depression at this time. Each week there will be a, a guest speaker and the speaker will speak on a specific topic. Now, if you'd like to find out more about this course, please go to the link of the, on this description and uh, you can find out more about it or sign up for the course. So this morning, we're so um, excited to have Steve preach for us this morning and I'd like to pray for him before he shares. Lord, we thank you for Steve. Thank you for his, um, what you've laid on his heart to share with us around rejoicing during this time. I pray that you use him, Father God, to speak into our lives and to minister to us by the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Steve. Good morning, M5 congregation. It's so good to be with you this morning. Can you believe nine months ago, we planted the M5 congregation in the Balporta School in Lansdowne? Seven of those months have been during lockdown. I've just been so encouraged to see all of our commitments levels just so, so high in terms of wanting to see what God is going to do in and through us as a congregation. And uh, going into lockdown uh, level one, uh, there have been sort of uh, 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 an opportunity for churches to start gathering as the restrictions around churches have started to uh, get a little bit uh, more relaxed. But unfortunately for us as an M5 uh, congregation gathering in a school, the schools have been told that uh, the, the use of the school building could only be used for educational purposes. And so that means that we are not able to gather in the Balporta School. Uh, but, but still, uh, that shouldn't stop us from gathering. And uh, we need to find creative ways to meet. And uh, one of those ways is um, some of the life groups are going to start meeting this Sunday in homes. But on the 18th of October, the eldership team is calling all M5ers together. So if you're in a life group, you're going to be gathering in your life group in somebody's home on the 18th of October at 9.30. And if you're not in a life group, can I ask you to get hold of Eleni and uh, she will put you into a life group so you can be part of us starting to, to gather together. I can't wait for the day. And that day will come when we will gather all together. But for now, um, let's gather in our life groups. And, uh, and when you gather in your life groups, uh, we're, we're going to have some, some worship. There's going to be the, the, the team that are going to meet us, lead us in the meetings. And uh, there's going to be a preached word. Um, there's going to be time for fellowship and also ministry time. So I'm really looking forward to that. 
So this morning, as we, as we continue together, we're going to take a little bit of a break from our, our Mark series, and we've had three, three sermons looking at Mark chapter 6. We're going to take a, a little bit of a break from that, and we're going to look at a, a congregational choice sermon series, and uh, um, we're going to look at, at three themes over the next three weeks. And, uh, and the idea of, of this sermon series, as we re-enter, as we come to lockdown level one and the restrictions are, are eased somewhat, uh, this is a great opportunity as we re-enter into society uh, for us to, to reflect back and to, to look how these last seven months have been for us. And uh, so the three weeks we're going to be looking at rejoice, reset, reconnect. And so as we, as we try and find some form of normality and as we, as we understand that, that phrase, the new normal, it's great for us to, to reflect and to, to see how the last seven months have been for us. And the idea of this rejoice, reset, reconnect, it's, it's an opportunity to, to set or to adjust, to look at, uh, at, at our lives, to look at our community, our church community, and to see what are the things that we can do uh, uh, in terms of um, growing in our faith, in our relationship with Jesus Christ. As Christ followers, as capital C citizens, as a church community, and as the family of God. And so as we, as we look at these three weeks of preaching, I'm hoping that we can come out of that having reflected and, 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 and then saying to ourselves, okay, let's, let's move forward. Let's move forward as Christ followers. Let's move forward as a church community um, because this is going to be a great opportunity for us to, to draw perhaps a line in the sand as we move forward. So let's get started with the message. The message that I want to focus on or the subject that I want to look at this morning is that of joy and rejoicing. So some might ask, well, in all the sermons that you could possibly preach, why would we preach about joy as we come out of uh, 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 sort of the, the other sort of levels of lockdown? Why, why would we preach on joy? Why would you want to, repre- why would you want to preach on, on sort of joy and rejoicing? Well, I'm hoping that as I share this message with you, it will become a lot clearer to you why it is so important for us to understand this concept of joy or to understand what it is for us to rejoice as Christ followers, as we, as we reset, as we reconnect, as we rejoice. And so we can, I'm sure you will agree with me over the last seven months, it has been very challenging. Um, it has not been a happy time for, for most of us. Um, where we've seen people uh, getting ill, getting sick, where we, we've seen people uh, contract the virus, and, um, and uh, the majority have sort of recovered from that. But there have been many in our community, many in our, in our city, in our, in our country, around the world, that have died from the coronavirus. And so with this uncertainty, with this financial loss, relational strain, changes to the patterns of life, it has been a difficult time for all of us. And on reflection, in this difficult, unhappy time that we've experienced, how have you responded as a Christ follower? How have I responded as a Christ follower? And I guess this is part of the reflection that we, that we engage in as Christ followers and as a, a church community. Well, let me say this as we, as we reflect back. Um, there is this command in Scripture where... Christ followers are called to rejoice. 
Christ followers are called to rejoice. As human beings, we, we are created to be able to rejoice. As Christ followers, we have this capacity to, to have joy within our lives. As Christians, we should be marked by joy. And so as I was preparing the sermon, the challenge for me is, over these last seven months, have I shown the marks of, of, of rejoicing? Have I been able to, to show the joy of Jesus um, in people's lives? Because when we, when we look at this idea that as human beings and as Christ followers, we have this capacity for joy and we, are, we need to be marked by this idea of rejoicing, when you read through the Bible, there are many scriptures that actually talk about joy. They talk about this idea of rejoicing. Um, we see in Psalm 16 verse 1, God is a God of joy, where it says, You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. It's amazing to start off this message by saying that God is a God of joy. We go further in the scriptures to Psalm 96, verse 11 to 13, where it says this, Let the heavens rejoice, let the earth be glad, let the seas resound, and all that is in it. Let the fields be jubilant and everything in them, and let the trees of the forest sing for joy. Let all of creation rejoice before the Lord, for He comes he comes to judge the earth. And when, God, when, when, when God's presence and power is evident in His people and in creation, then we enter into His joy. So God is a God of joy. All of creation uh, uh, declares the joy, the glory of God. Then we read in Luke chapter 2, verse 10, and this is uh, about the birth of Jesus. Uh, in verse 10, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. We see in John 17, Jesus' priestly prayer. Just before he ascends into heaven, he prays for the church. He prays for his disciples then and, he, and, and for us today. And as he prays, he says, so that, uh, that they may be filled to the measure of my joy. That Jesus is saying as, as Christ followers, that our lives will be filled with the joy of Jesus. And then we see in Philippians 4 verse 4, where Paul commands us, where he says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. And so as we go through scripture, we can see the, the subject of joy and, uh, and this, uh, this opportunity or this ability for us to rejoice within scripture. And we see that God is a God of joy. We see that all creation, when they experience the presence and power of God, all creation, all created beings, um, even for us as human beings, we come and we express that through rejoicing. 
We see that at the birth of Jesus, that there will be great joy. And in the birth of Jesus, in the gospel of Jesus Christ, there is great joy. And I love that, that it will be for all people. It's not just for a specific group of people. For all people, all people can experience the joy when they experience Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And then as Jesus ascends into heaven, and as he, he sits, he's seated at the right hand of the Father, what he does is he says to the Father, he prays to God, and he says that... that, that his disciples may be filled to the measure of, of his joy. And then Paul encourages us to rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. And I'll say it again. Rejoice. And so as I've, I've given a snapshot of, of, of the scriptures related to joy and rejoicing, I'm sure at this point you would probably agree with me with a yes and amen. But what I'd like to, to do now is to, is to go a little bit deeper into that phrase where Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always, and I'll say it again, rejoice. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to focus on that. So if you have your devices, your Bibles, won't you open to, to Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. It's just that one line. We're going to unpack that one line um, this morning. And I guess that's the big idea this morning. The big idea is that as Christ followers, we are encouraged to rejoice in the Lord always. And, uh, and I'll say it again, rejoice. And so if you are watching us uh, this morning, or if you're with us this morning, and uh, you're exploring the claims of Christ, it's my prayer that you will come to a place of understanding that you have capacity for joy, and you have this ability to rejoice uh, in Jesus Christ. And uh, I'm hoping this morning that when you, when you, when you hear this message, that you will you'll be stirred in your heart, uh, and you would come to a place of, of, of accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Because when you do that, that's when you get to experience this joy that I'm talking about. And so let's get into it this morning. Let's get into that line. And so the first thing that we, we look at in this line uh, is this word rejoice, this idea of joy. And so when we look at the book of Philippians, actually, the word joy appears 16 times in the book. It's known as the book of joy. And, uh, and it's Paul that is writing to the, the, the church in Philippi. And he's, and, he's in, and he's commanding them to rejoice. And so he's, he, Paul is calling his readers to rejoice. And so as we, as we look at this, this idea of rejoice, uh, perhaps the question that, you, that you're asking yourself, and I hope that you're asking yourself at the moment, well, is what is joy? And that's a very good question. Uh, when I was preparing the sermon, I, I had to just take a moment just to think about, well, what is joy? Because if we are commanded to rejoice, we need to understand what joy is to be able to rejoice. So what is joy? Let me say right up front that joy is far more than an emotion. Joy is a choice. Let me say that again. Joy is a, is a choice. Here is a definition of joy. It is the settled assurance that God is in control. And there is this determined choice to praise God in all things. Uh, that is a definition that I want to work with this morning in terms of joy. Let me say it again. Joy is the settled assurance that God is in control and a determined choice to praise Him in all things. So let's, pack the, let's unpack this a little bit more. You see, the opposite of joy is not sadness, 
Because the Bible talks about you, we are able to be joyful in a time of sadness. And from our definition, then the opposite of joy must be hopelessness. You see, if joy is this is, is this determined assurance or is the settled assurance that God is in control. The opposite of joy is that God is not in control. And there is a, a sense of hopelessness. And the idea of God being in control is that there are things that, that, that we experience in life that, that are out of our control. And there is just this assurance that God is in control. Um, and so as much as the opposite of joy is hopelessness, we also need to know that the counterfeit of joy is happiness. And it's so important for us to understand the difference between joy and happiness. See, happiness depends on happenings. What is happening to you? And so if you are experiencing a, 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 a situation that is, uh, that is happy, you'll be happy. But when you leave that situation, you could lose that happiness. See, so happiness depends on happening, hap, happenings. There is a superficial happiness based on circumstances or the absence of trials. Happiness is temporary and is determined by external circumstances, where joy is an internal reality that is determined by God. That is determined by God, that is, that is internal. So joy says, no, no matter what I'm going through, I have only one thing that really matters. And as I'm preaching this message, I'm, I'm thinking of all of you, all of us that, that have gone through such difficult times uh, during lockdown and during uh, um, this, this 2020 of, of, uh, of COVID, that, that perhaps the thing for us to, 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 to come, or for us to come to the point of saying, of saying, no matter what I'm going through, I have only one thing that really matters. I have only one thing that really matters. And so joy, what joy does, it, it draws us to the point of choosing, making a choice. Making a choice that no matter what we're going through, that God is in control. And with God, in, and with God being in control, I will praise Him. Wow. Wow. And this is the reason why, as we re-enter, I wanted us to focus on rejoicing this morning. Let's carry on. Then Paul continues to say, rejoice. And he, then he says, rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. We also see this in Philippians 3 verse 1, where God commands the readers to rejoice in the Lord. So what does this familiar, or what does these two commands communicate? What is it about these two commands? What is Paul calling us to rejoice in the Lord? Why is he calling us to rejoice in the Lord? Well, the evidence, uh, the, the reason why we need to rejoice in the Lord is we need to rejoice in the Lord to, and, and come to the place of saying there is so much evidence within Scripture, there is so much evidence in our lives that we will make an informed choice when it comes to, to uh, following Jesus Christ, when it comes to understanding that He is in control. And, and, it's, and it's that reason we praise Him in all situations. So as we come to this, this idea of what does it mean to rejoice uh, in the Lord, well, there's a couple of things that we can truly rejoice in the Lord about. 
And the first one is in Philippians 4 verse 3. Just before we go into, re Paul goes into rejoice in the Lord always, and I say it again, rejoice. Just before that, in verse 3, he talks about um, Christ followers, uh, Christ followers' names being written in the, in, in the book of life, in the book of life. And so we are able to rejoice this morning as Christ followers because our names are written in the book of life. And this idea of the book of life is actually, it's traced back into the Old Testament. And if you were a, a citizen of the community, your name was written in the book. And if you moved out of the community, your name was taken out of the book. And so as citizens, your name your names were in that book. And so what Paul is saying here is that as Christ followers, as capital C citizens of heaven, our names are written in the book of life. And our names are there because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. What a great privilege for you and I, um, not deserving this, citizen, this citizenship of heaven, but what Jesus did for us that we are citizens of heaven, we are, we are the people of God, we are the children of God. And so it's because of our names that are written in, in the book of life that we can rejoice, we can rejoice. Our salvation is secure in Jesus Christ. What a great opportunity to rejoice. Another way that we're able to rejoice in the work of, of God is, is found in Galatians 5 verse 22. And that whole, that whole passage talks about living in the Spirit. It talks about being in step with the Spirit. It talks about walking in the Spirit. And as you, as you walk and, and stay in step with the Spirit, there are the things called the fruits of the Spirit. And, uh, and one of the fruits of the Spirit is joy. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. So here's the reality for you as an M5er. So if you are part of our community, part of our, our, our church, um, you cannot say that, um, you know, I'm not really that type of person. I'm, I'm not a person of joy. I'm, I, I get awkward when I rejoice. You can't say that as a Christ follower. Why? Because you have the Holy Spirit within you. And if you're walking in step with the Holy Spirit, we are people of joy. We are people marked by joy, not because of anything we do, but because of what the Holy Spirit is doing in our lives. Wow, how radical is that? Not only is it Jesus that, that, has, that has taken our place on the cross so that we can become citizens of heaven. It's the Holy Spirit working within us that, uh, that, that we are able to experience this fruit of joy. So when we walk in the Spirit, uh, the fruit of joy is manifest. It's when we are obedient to the Holy Spirit, the fruit of joy is manifest. And when it comes to, to joy, the danger is that we could pursue the product, that joy could become a product, not knowing that is is not a product, but it is a byproduct. See, the byproduct, we experience the byproduct by encountering the producer, and the producer is the person, and the person is Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit points us to Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit uh, uh, illuminates the life of Jesus Christ for us. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? So that we are able to, to have confidence to be people of joy because of the evidence, the evidence that our names are in the life of the book of life. Not only that, we have the Holy Spirit within us. And, and, and another sort of... Um, point of evidence for the confidence we have to be able to be people of joy 
is that the key, is that the, the cross is key to our joy. The cross of Jesus Christ is key to our joy. I love the scripture in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, where it says, Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, for the joy set before him. This is a powerful scripture. Let me just say that again. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. That portion of scripture talks about Jesus being the producer, Jesus being the person. And so when we look at this scripture, Jesus is the beginner and the completer. He's the start and the finisher of our faith. And when he went to the cross, when he went to the cross for you and I, he set joy before him. He set joy before him. So here's the thing, is that when we look at the cross, the cross was not a joyous thing. The cross actually was hopelessness, the opposite of joy. The cross did not produce joy. That's not what it's saying here. The cross produced blood, sweat, tears, agony, misery. But Jesus' supreme act of obedience to the Father so that the sins of the human race might be forgiven. That's the joy. That's the joy. In Jesus, in his obedience to the Father, he had to be obedient to the Father, so that the sins of the human race might be forgiven. That's the joy. That's the joy set before Christ. You see, the ultimate act of obedience produces the ultimate act of joy. A joy that transcends all circumstances. And it's in that that we can say it is, it is his joy fulfilled in us that we have joy. See, we can't manufacture joy. We can't, we can't build joy. We can't, we can't um, uh, sort of get to the place of, of building joy in our lives. Joy comes from understanding our position in Jesus Christ, that our name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, that we have the Holy Spirit moving within us to produce the fruit of joy, and we have the cross of Jesus Christ. And it's in all of that, it's in all of that, that Paul is telling us to rejoice in, that Paul is telling us to focus in, that Paul is telling us if you're going to choose something, if you're going to make a choice, make a choice in those things, not in our own ability, not in our own uh, uh, devotion, not in our own positioning, but in what Jesus Christ has done for you and I. It is His joy fulfilled in us. It is His obedient surrender that produces joy in us. It is His ultimate act of obedience that produces ultimate joy in you and I. Wow. Isn't that amazing? The command is rejoice, rejoice in the Lord always. Let's move to that, to that next point, to that next word. Rejoice in the Lord always. And so when you look through the book of Philippians, there are key verses 
that tell us a little bit more about what is happening in the time that the letter, the, the letter was written and also tells us a little bit more about the author that was writing the letter. We see in Philippians 1 verse 12 where uh, it tells that Paul is under house arrest in Rome when he writes this letter. So let me say that again. So Paul is, in, is under house arrest when he's writing the letter of joy. Uh, so he, he, he's, it's, it's in his imprisonment, it's in this difficult space that he encourages people to rejoice. Because I, I, I suspect that Paul has this, this, this assurance that God is in control. And uh, there is this ability for him to rejoice and to praise God in all circumstances. So we see Paul is in prison. In Philippians 1.28, uh, there was conflict outside of the church in the area. There was political oppression. In Philippians 3.21, Paul mentions something about our lowly bodies becoming like Jesus' glorious body. And uh, many commentators would say that Paul struggled with physical health. And so we see in Philippians 3.21, he talks about our lowly bodies. In Philippians 4 verse 2, he talks about the internal conflict that is happening in the church in Philippi. And so the people are not getting on with each other. And it's in those portions of scripture we see that Paul finds himself not in an ideal situation. He finds the people in the church in Philippi not in an ideal situation. But yet he encourages them to rejoice in the Lord. And that's why he says always, he says in all circumstances, rejoice in the Lord. Because no matter what you're going through, here it is in Nehemiah chapter 8, it says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. You see, we get to understand that portion of Scripture now because we've looked at a, a definition of joy. We've looked at the evidence of that joy. And so when we hear this phrase or the Scripture verse now that the joy of the Lord is our strength, it doesn't say, it doesn't say um, joy from the Lord is our strength. It doesn't say the, the, the joy that you have acquired is your strength. It says the joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy, of the, 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 the joy of the Lord is not going to make us immune to sadness. The joy of the Lord is not going to take trials away from our lives and everything's going to be uh, 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 plain sailing. We will, we will mourn as Christ followers. Joy doesn't remove any of that. Um, but what joy does, it strengthens us. In those tough times, what joy does, it, it strengthens us when we go through trials because we know that, that, uh, that, uh, that joy produces perseverance and perseverance leads to character. It's when we go through these difficult times as Christ follower, followers, it's the joy that strengthens us. And when joy strengthens us, not our joy, God's joy, when it strengthens us, He gets the glory. He gets the glory for it. And so we need, to, we need to be strengthened in everything that we go through in life. And it is joy. It's God's joy that brings that strength to our lives. And so when we read 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 4, verse 7, I love this because it gives us a, a, a sort of a, a picture of, of this idea of, of the joy of the Lord being our strength. It says this in verse 7, uh, uh, but, we, uh, but we have this treasure in jars of clay, to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. That's joy. Um, and it goes on to say, we are, we are hard-pressed in, 
on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. I, I, in a sense, joy, the joy of the Lord is like, it, it, it holds us, it, it strengthens us. And so we will go through tough times. But it, 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 because God is in control, because He loves us, because He wants the best for us, we will not, we, 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 He will not leave us. He will not abandon us. He will hold us even closer in those tough times. So Paul's command, rejoice in the Lord always, in all situations, in all circumstances. So, so here's the thing. Um, when is it that you can't rejoice? Or we, Paul says always. So when is it when you, you can't rejoice? When is it where you, where you, you don't have that joy? It's when we sin. It's when we disobey God. It's when we don't walk in step with the Holy Spirit that, that, that we, we can't experience that joy. It, and it's in this, this place of, of being, uh, when we disobey or we're not in step with God, it's almost like our joy evaporates like the morning mist when it's confronted by the sun. And if you, you want a, a sort of a, a tester for your own life in terms of your relationship with God and uh, sort of where, you've, where you are with the Lord, uh, look at the levels of joy in your life. Uh, how are the levels of joy in your life? Because when, there are, when, when you experience great joy, you experience great closeness with God. I love Psalm 51 verse 12 where David had sinned. Uh, and committed adultery with Bathsheba. And so he disobeyed God. He had sinned. He, he wasn't walking in step with God. And, uh, and he lost the joy of the Lord. He lost the joy of the Lord. But we see in Psalm 51 verse 12 where, where David says, Restore unto me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Maybe that's the prayer of our hearts this morning. Lord, won't you rejoice? Lord, won't you, won't you restore the joy of your salvation? Won't you restore the joy of your salvation in our lives this morning? Maybe there's some of you that are hard-pressed. Know that the joy of the Lord will not let you be crushed. Maybe there's some of you that feel perplexed. Know that the joy of the Lord, you will, you will not be in despair. Maybe some of you feel persecuted this morning. Know that the joy of the Lord, you will not be abandoned. Maybe some feel struck down. But as we live in the joy of, joy of the Lord, we will not be destroyed. Wow. What great promises that we read here in Scripture. And so Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. And that's the last point as I close this morning. I will say it again, rejoice. You see, there, there seems to be a bit of a, a future tense in this little, in this little um, sentence. See, we don't know what the future holds, but Jesus does. Why? Because the definition of joy is that we have this assurance that, that God is in control. And, uh, and it's in that we will, we will praise Him always, in all situations. And so, so what Paul is saying here is reminding us that no matter what comes our way, we need to rejoice in the Lord. No matter what comes our way, we need to rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord always. And I say it again, 
rejoice. So how do we rejoice? Well, it comes down to believing. Believing um, and having the settled assurance that God is in control. And you make this determined choice to praise God in all things. Believe it. Believe it. Uh, and as you believe it, you'll live it. So it's about believing it. It's about being thankful. You know, to have this, this thankful heart that all that Jesus Christ has done for you is, you, you don't deserve it. We, I don't deserve it. But Jesus, out of his love for you and I, he made it possible for us to experience the fullness of God's joy. Because the joy set before him endured the cross. And so we come with thankfulness. And we say, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you what you've done for us. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are good. And I'm undeserving of your goodness. It's a sense of humility. It's, a, it's an attitude of being humble before the Lord. Because we can be in situations where we want to shake our fist at God. We want to turn our back on God. We want to say that, that this is unfair. We want to say, Lord, why do I deserve it? Why is it happening to me? And I guess that's not coming with a, a, a heart of gratitude, a heart of thankfulness that God is in control and that He is holding all of us and He knows best for all of us. And so we need to believe it. We, we need to be thankful. And finally, we need to express it. I want M5 to become a community of joy. And as we are, are, are people that have the capacity and that are marked by joy, I want M5, when people come and visit us, when they want to come and explore the claims of Christ at the M5, I want them to walk in there and I want them to feel this joy, this joy that will give them strength, this joy that will embrace them, this joy that will give them a sense of acceptance, this joy that will make them feel like they've come home. Because some of those people might not have the strength of the Lord, but we do, because we have joy in us. And so we need to be able to express this joy. We need to be able to, to allow joy to flow through us. Rejoicing in the Lord means that there is a new song in our hearts. The song that, that we have been redeemed. See, He is the chief object of our joy. Wow. I want to close by, by reading Psalm 100. And it talks about expressing this joy. And it goes like this. Shout for joy to the Lord. I, I almost want to shout. It says, shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful song. Know that the Lord is God. It is He who made us, and we are His. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him and praise His name. For the Lord is good and His love endures forever. His faithfulness continues throughout all generations. And so as we become Christ followers marked by joy, as we become a community that is full of joy, when we raise hands, when we worship Him, when we sing praises to Him, it's not conjured up, it's not stirred up, it's not getting us to be all emotional. We stand and we declare Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. We sing the song of redemption because of what Jesus has done for us. We sing with, with, with joy 
And it is that which strengthens us. And so as we gather as a, a community, as we re-enter, let us rejoice. Let me pray for us this morning. Father, we want to come before you in the name of Jesus by the power of your Holy Spirit. Jesus, thank you that the joy set before you, you endured the cross. Scorning its shame. But Lord Jesus, you had, you had a choice to make and you chose it. You chose to be our sacrifice. You chose to take our place on the cross. You chose to forgive our sins. And that was the motivation of your obedience. That was the result of your joy. Thank you, Jesus, that as that scripture says, you are seated now at the right hand of the Father interceding for us. And we say thank you. Lord, we thank you for your word this morning. And the command that you give us is to rejoice in you always. And it is said again, rejoice. Lord, I pray that your joy will be fulfilled in our hearts, in our lives. That no matter what we face, no matter what uh, comes our way, that we would stand strong. Not through our own ability, not through what we are able to do, but because of your joy within us. Lord, as people with capacity for joy, I pray that as, as, as M5 gather and as we, we commit our, our, our community to you, we pray that we would be a community of joy and we would declare you as in control and we choose to praise you always. I pray for each person that has listened to this message. We pray this in your wonderful name. Amen. Thank you so much. God bless you. Have a great week.
soften the heart of stone Your love is alive Breaking the darkness And winning the fight And bringing the orphan home So guys, if you are one of those who have made a commitment this morning, we'd like to gift you with a 31-day journey uh, to ignite essentially your uh, journey with Christ. So please feel free to download this booklet uh, off our website. So if you're visiting us today for the first time, we really just want to thank you so much for joining us. It has been wonderful to have you with us. Um, if you'd like to find out a little bit more about the life of the church, please fill in the form under the video. And now as we come to the end of our time together, I'd like to leave you with this prayer found in Romans, may the God of all hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that through the power of the Spirit we may abound in hope.